Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Sorry about that. I am not sure what in the world is going on, but my apologies for that. And let me tell you who you're speaking with. This is Kim with Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. And I'll say that one more time. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. And I appreciate you guys. Um, I did the same thing today that I did yesterday, I mean last week. So my um, deepest apologies for that. I don't know what's going on with me in that there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I thank you guys for um, sticking with us and through all of this and for listening and, and you know, words of encouragement that I've gotten. You know, I appreciate it. And so there's been so much going on that, you know, the few things that I definitely wanted to address. But before I move forward on that, I wanted to make a comment or correct something that I said last Sunday when I was talking about Donald Trump. And I mentioned about the Nigerians and how he specifically spoke to them or spoke out to them, and that's not true. And what's interesting is is that, you know, I went round for round with someone about this in January or February, and and the thing is is that I was the one that told them it wasn't true. So how it just slipped through again, I don't know. Um, I guess that's what happens when you get discombobulated when you're trying to get to the show. (laughs) Oh, I was so flustered. So, again, that isn't true, but what I will say is, even though he has not spoken out specifically against Nigerians, please do not fool yourself and think that, you know, that he's not watching and that your name isn't on the list. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just telling you to be aware and to pay attention. So, um, again, I'm just watching all of this in absolute amazement. And it's been a lot happening. You know, what's interesting is um, Donald Trump is trying to encourage Bernie Sanders to run as an independent. And I'm just sitting here, I'm amazed, absolutely amazed. But anyway, I just want to, you know, correct that, you know, because, again, I've I've said many times that I will correct things uh, when I make mistakes, and that is what I'm doing. So it's also on the description for the show. So not only am I saying it here, I also have it written out to make sure that, um, you know, even if you don't get a chance to listen to the whole show, or you get to listen to part of the show, you will have the opportunity to see that that was definitely corrected. And so um, it's been interesting. It's been interesting um, for the past, you know, definitely the past year. But, you know, my entire time doing this show, you know, we started this show in 2011, and here we are in 2016, and, you know, so many things have happened, so many life changes, and what I mean by that, I'm specifically talking about 
you know, milestones that have been happening in my life, you know, events that have been, you know, extremely important and, you know, that have had a major, major impact on me and those that are close to me. And, um, you know, what I will tell you guys is that don't allow anyone to kill your dreams. You know, and I remember when we first started the show, I used to always talk about dream killers and not to listen to them and to go forward. And, you know, again, I'm I'm bringing it right back full circle. Not only, you know, with you, but I've learned that for myself. And, you know, it's been a wonderful five years. And like I said, you know, there are some major, you know, changes happening in my life as well as the lives of others, you know, other people that I care deeply about. And what I will tell you guys is if you're, you know, if someone you look up to or someone that, yeah, yeah, that's right, that you may look up to and admire and, you know, all of those wonderful things there, there is no growth in your life, and if there is no growth in their lives, I definitely would tell you to start questioning things. I mean, you should have been questioning things from the very beginning because that's one of the things that we definitely stress on this show is for you to question everything, for you to challenge everything And that's just not when it comes to religion. It's everything, you know, in your day-to-day life. You know, it's important for you guys to um, do that. Question everything. And if, you know, the people that you're admiring or you're attempting to emulate or what have you, if they are not growing as a person and you haven't grown in the many years that you've followed them or you've admired them, you need to start questioning yourself and questioning them and questioning why, you know, it's been stagnant from the very beginning. So, you know, guys, um, yeah, you know, I would tell you to definitely, you know, you need to question things. You need to question people. You need to challenge things. You need to challenge people just across the board. And that's a good thing. That's extremely healthy. And what that says to me is that you're thinking. And that's what we want. That's what I want. And if you're around someone who's telling you to let them do the thinking for you, I'm telling you, you're in the wrong group. You're definitely in the wrong group, and, you know, I would strongly advise you to, you know, pay attention and start questioning. And then in addition to that, you know, if that's not, you know, what they've told you about let them do the thinking, you know, um, if they get angry and upset because, you know, you're questioning things, Um, that's also a red flag. And so I don't even know what else to tell you besides that. 
you know, if you're having red flags and you're hesitating and things don't seem right, yeah, you know, you may want to listen to your gut. And so, um, yeah, you know, again, you should be able to ask questions. You should be able to challenge, um, you know, anything, anything. And like I said, that should be in your life. You should be able to do that across the board. Now, again, there will always be some exceptions. And it's not an exception, but there are times when you may be in certain predicaments that, okay, you'll question something and you'll challenge it, but sometimes they can have, um, they can have, you know, a major effect on your life. We don't want anyone getting fired. We don't want anyone being kicked out of the house or anything like that, you know. So, you know, please, you know, be cautious. And just because in situations, because I remember what it was like when I was younger and living under, you know, um, my mom's roof, and there were just certain things that we could not, I could not say and do, period. And so, again, you know, you have to learn how to bridle your tongue sometimes. And although you may be questioning things and you may be excited about the new information, you know, that you're learning or somebody has confirmed, you know, something that you may have thought in the past, I mean, I know I get it. I've been there, done that. But what I will say to you is to use some discretion and do not just run out there and, you know, get yourself in some trouble, you know, because, again, you know, you have to utilize those critical thinking skills. And as I've stated before, you need to utilize those skills in every aspect, in every situation that comes your way, you know, and you're human. You know, we all are. And there are sometimes when that goes out the window and your emotions take over, it's okay. That's okay. And you have people in some of these communities or what have you, and what they'll tell you or what they'll do is charge you with being emotional and then tell you that you're irrational because you're emotional. Don't pay them any attention because if you pay attention to some of the arguments that they make, they will try to claim that it's rational and logical, but it's purely emotions, you know, and so you need to be able to identify that and to be able to, you know, challenge it. But most importantly, you need to learn how to accept it. We all have feelings. We all have emotions. I know one of the things that I've worked on, you know, you know, quite extensively over the last, you know, decade is learning how to identify different emotions, accepting them, you know, um, clearly denoting which is which. Because with some of us, when we grew up, you know, if we said that we were sad or something was happening and we were angry, you know, some of us, you know, had some Jedi mind tricks played on us 
And it's not as though, you know, these people were truly trying to trick us or to hurt or harm us, but this was all they knew. This was all they knew. And so, you know, you would say I'm sad or depressed, and they will tell you, well, if you're a child of God, you can't be depressed and all of that. And, you know, I'll be the first one to say, you know, for many of them, their hearts were in the right place. So I get it. I understand it. Because they, you, many of them didn't know how to explain, you know, different, you know, situations or feelings that we had. And so that's why you would get answers like go pray about it or, you know, the Holy Spirit will guide you or better yet, go lay down and take a nap and when you wake up, you better be happy. And so, <laughs> you know, just it's a number of things. It's not just limited to that. But I just wanted to give you a few examples of, you know, what I have experienced firsthand. You know, and I was not happy about that napping. You know, that was back in the day when, you know, we didn't want to take naps. We were too afraid we were going to miss something. Child, I'll be the first one to tell you, man, I love me some naps now. So, you know, funny how things change. So, again, you know, I would just like to tell you guys, you know, definitely do not allow people to kill your dreams. Do not allow them to squash your feelings or to, you know, basically, you know, disregard your feelings. Those are your feelings, and you have a right to have them. And no one has the right to tell you that you can't have feelings and that you can't feel a certain way about whatever because you need to question that. If someone is telling you that you should not have feelings or you should not feel anger or you should not, you know, be exuberant or whatever it may happen to be, you need to question their motives. And you also need to question why they feel this need to control you and control every aspect of, you know, what you're thinking, how you're feeling, all of that. I've seen this happening. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I've seen people play these types of Jedi mind tricks on folks in a number of different communities. And it's just so interesting because you have people that are leaving cults and sects and what have you, and they go into a new community, and they end up hooking up with some people that are doing the same exact thing. And what's interesting is I want you guys to think about this, you know, and, and I mean, you know, when you leave a particular group or you just, you know, finally come to the realization that you can't do A, B, and C anymore and you're going to accept who you are, what you are, etc. and then you find a community of people, of like-minded people, and I know how this is. You get over there, and you get excited. You get excited. You know, these are people that think like me. These are people, some of them have the same issues as myself, went through some of the same, you know, some of the same, you know, tribulations, if you will, as myself. And you get with some of these people, and it just feels familiar. 
you know, because you're like, oh, man, it's like I feel like we've known each other for 10 years, and, oh, I just fell right in. I'm comfortable. You know, this feels good. You know, this feels familiar. You know, and, and all of those wonderful things because, you know, many of us, we're human. So we like to be around other like-minded people. And, you know, again, you know, we're tribal. You know, there is an element of tribalism in there because as we've grown up, and it's just, you know, a part of evolution, if you will. And basically, you know, we'll get more done as a group than as an individual in many cases. Not all cases, but in many cases. And so it's just natural for us to fall into different groups. And when we find a group that feels familiar and, you know, and feels like you're part of the family and you feel like you've known these people for 10, 20 years and you didn't just meet them, you know, a week ago or a year ago or a couple of years ago, you need to pay attention. You know, it may not be a red flag. It could be, you know, a yellow flag, you know, telling you to proceed with caution. You know, and what's interesting is it seems familiar and comfortable because in some cases, you know, you're falling into another cult or sect, if you will. And this is why you have some of us out here and we're like, oh, hell no. You know, especially after we sit back and, again, you know, utilize those critical thinking skills and pay attention to what's happening because sometimes you're jumping out of the pan and into the fire. And so you need to know how to identify, you know, these particular things. And so, again, I would encourage you guys to go out and do some research. I'm not going to go into all of that today, but what I will tell you to do is to do some research, you know, on cults, Um, do some research on narcissism, because there's a lot of that out there, trust me, and and no, don't trust me, go and look it up, you know, and I'm telling you, go look this up, and also, you may want to look up sociopathy as well, you have a bunch of sociopaths running around. And so you want to go and look that up as well. And a person being a sociopath and narcissistic aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. So I want to make sure you understand that too. And, you know, again, sitting back and I'm watching some stuff and I'm just sitting back in amazement. Because, again, if you go back and you look up, you know, some of the shows we did many, many years ago, um, in particular the Jedi Mind Trick shows, and there's been a lot of that, and it's gotten even worse. And, you know, I've distanced myself even more from certain people, certain groups, and, you know, I was already, you know, on the outskirts looking in. Like, what the hell is going on? And, you know, I've talked about it. We warned you guys about it. 
And, you know, for the past year, really too, been sitting back and watching some shit. But the past year has been even more interesting. And I'm looking at this, and it's amazing. You know, and not in a good way. You know, absolutely amazed at some of the stuff that I'm seeing. And it has gotten progressively worse. And, you know, I also want you guys to look up um, some information about how you may possibly, I won't say you've been brainwashed, but what I will say is there are some people who, you know, are looked up to or what have you. And they know exactly what they're saying, exactly what they're doing, and they know that there are certain people that will believe anything that they say. You need to pay attention to that. You definitely need to pay attention to that. You know, and that's not relegated to one specific group. It's relegated to groups across the board. You know, and, and you know, while you may be fortunate and not be in that situation, you need to, you know, know the warning signs and what have you because you may have someone in your life that may be experiencing that. And so you need to be able to sit down and, you know, have a talk with them. And sometimes you can't, you know, put that out there. There are some people that will reject it automatically. But if you can kind of steer them in the right direction, you know, some people have to learn these things on their own, you know, whether they research it, you know, whether they wake up and see it, you know, what have, or, you know, many, many more different scenarios. But, you know, again, I'm just, like I said, I'm challenging you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. So it's important that you understand what's going on around you, understanding that you're a free agent, meaning you have agency over your body, you have agency over your mind, you just have agency in every aspect, in every area of your life. You do not want to hand that over to anybody. That's yours. And that is something that many of us fought for. You know, when we started leaving, you know, different communities and for whatever reason, you know, and that was one of the things that I know that I was fighting for, you know, control of my own thoughts, control of my own emotions, control of my own actions. And while I did have control over those things, you know, you always have certain people around you that, you know, the minute that they realize that they can't control, you know, your thoughts or your actions or anything about whatever it is, then they get angry. You know, and it was it's so interesting because, you know, people people are a trip. And, you know, the minute you decide that you aren't going to allow them to control you or you challenge something that they say or, you know, um, you decide that you're not going to allow them to use you anymore. They get mad. 
they get mad and they get angry. You know, and I just, I've never understood that. You know, why are you angry with someone who refused to be a lemming? And most notably, a lemming for you. So it's, it's just interesting. So when people can't use you anymore, they get angry. And they really get pissed off when you fight back. So, guys, you know, women and men and young people that listen to this show do not ever allow that to happen. And I know in some cases, you know, you may have bridled your tongue or held your peace because you didn't want to go round for round you know, with whomever, but no, stand up, say something. And truth be told, you know, your life may be better without them. Now, that's something that I've learned. You know, my life has definitely been better without certain people. And most importantly, not trying to live up or adhere to certain standards, you know. And so while I bear bear them no um, ill will um, within my life. And like I said, you know, there have been some amazing developments for me and I wouldn't trade them for the world because, you know, these things never would have happened, you know, had I not, you know, kind of changed some things up. So, again, one day. I'll be able to talk about it and, you know, share that information with you guys. But until then, again, you all, you need to pay attention to what's going on around you. The title of today's show is, Sorry, You Didn't Get the Memo. (laughs) Sorry, You Didn't Get the Memo. And the subtitle is, Please Check Your Spam Folder, right? And so... You know, man, you all have been around for a minute, and you've known since the inception of this show, you know, I've been quite clear about certain things, Um, you know, in regards to um, the secular community, you know, because, you know, when I first started this show, my focus was, you know, primarily that. And as you've grown with me and as you've grown with this show, you know, I started embracing, you know, other communities. And it's not as though I, you know, wasn't embracing them then, but embracing them into this show, you know, um, making a lot of these topics intersectional. And, you know, intersectionality is extremely important. And so... You know, go and do some research on that. Go and look up Kimberly Crenshaw. She's the one that coined that term. And, you know, it would do you a world of good to understand what that is because, you know, many of us, I don't think anybody is one-dimensional. You know, our interests, you know, may lie in a number of different communities, and, and that's okay. You know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. It's okay. You know, and and again, you know, I encourage that. I definitely encourage that because it's important. Because, again, you 
what I've seen with some people is they get caught up in these bubbles and they try to revolve their lives around one specific idea, one specific group, one specific topic, and it fails every time because you're not one-dimensional. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. And, you know, sitting back and watching a number of things, let me tell you all this. I'm sitting back and I laugh my ass off over here on many, many different occasions for a number of different, you know, reasons. And, you know, again, it's just about a number of different communities. Um, I've talked about the secular community, and what's so interesting about that is there are some people waking up and they think that, you know, they're doing something revolutionary by, you know, putting certain information out there, exposing certain things. We've been doing this for a while. And what's so interesting about it is that when Raina and I were, you know, making this information public, not everything, just some things, and, you know, we were called troublemakers, we were called negative because certain people felt that, you know, we shouldn't expose the dirty laundry of the secular community. And, you know, what's interesting is you see people now, you know, acting as though this is something brand new and it, and that they're you know, Superman there to save everybody. And we're sitting back and we're watching this. And, you know, of course, to us, we think it's, you know, a little funny because for some of the information that's coming out, we told you guys about that three, four years ago. You know, and we weren't, well, I can't say that. Um, But, yeah, we started talking about that three, four years ago. And what's interesting is is that some of it is creeping out. A lot of it is out there. You just really need to go, you need to go and look around and, you know, and see, pay attention. And, you know, it's really going to be interesting after the Reason Rally. You know, there are some things that are, um, you know, being held down until after that. And it's going to be interesting. You know, we, we, I'll just put it like this. You know, um, even when some of this information comes out, you know, I would just encourage you guys to kind of take a step back and reevaluate some things. You know, and it's not just that community. I mean, I've talked about the LGBT community as well. And, you know, there is a lot of transphobia in that community. And, yes, I know T is included in there. I get it. We've talked about that. There's a lot, a lot of transphobia 
even within the LGBTQ community. And so, again, I'm, I'm pretty sure you all have seen what has been happening in North Carolina in regards to, you know, all the bathrooms being, you know, gender neutral, you know, open to all, and as well as target the store, you know, making sure that, you know, they, you know, put forth a message that trans people are welcome, use whatever facilities you're comfortable with using, and that's an absolutely amazing thing because, Again, had it not been for trans women or trans people of color during Stonewall, the LGBTQ movement never, you know, I won't say it never would have gotten started, but that right there is what kicked everything off. And so, you know, I'm glad to see that people are boycotting North Carolina um, shutting these, you know, ignorant folks down that are going through Target, you know, trying to, you know, um, basically trying to out and shame trans people, you know, when they go to the bathroom. And and it's just, it's not, I don't know, what the hell is going on? Because I saw a video of this one woman and, you know, her husband and children were in tow. And she's walking through Target, you know, just being an ass clown. And so, you know, the first thing I thought of was the God Warrior. What was the name of that? Trading Spouses or some shit, the name of that show. But she reminded me of the woman that called herself the God Warrior. And, you know, you're going to start seeing more of that. And, you know, a lot of these people already felt empowered and emboldened, you know, because of their, quote, unquote, religious freedoms. But it does not help when we're living in this particular political climate that we're in. And this is why you hear us talking about that so much, because that definitely plays a major part in in their actions. And then also, you know, you have white privilege in there as well. You know, they're pretty confident that, you know, they won't be arrested. And so (laughs) it's it's interesting because, I mean, in, in certain situations, you know, that's trespassing. And so, again, you know, you need to pay attention. You need to understand what's going on around you. And so, I mean, and even in the LGBT community, you have sexism because, you know, again, you have many white men that feel that all of these movements should revolve around them and their needs. You know, and that's just not the LGBT community. That's the secular community, you know, and a number of other communities, you know, and it's just, guys, question it, challenge it, critique it. That is your job. And if you have some people out there that cannot deal with being critiqued, that should speak volumes to you. What makes them above reproach? So, you know, like I said, you know, I'm going to critique a lot of things. And the fact that I stopped giving a damn 
you know, that, <laughs> you know, just be forewarned. And I'm just looking around, and again, we need to get out here. We need to definitely, you know, support one another, but also call one another out on some bullshit. But what I will say is you need to make sure that bullshit is correct and that you're not pulling the same shit that we did, you know, when we were in the church. Oh, well, Pastor so-and-so said it, and so I believe it. No, I don't need to hear, you know, about A, B, and C. I take them for their word. Really? That's critical thinking. Sound like you're in another cult to me. And so, you know, it's real interesting. Um, But what I will say is before you come for my neck, be prepared. I am litigious, and there's plenty more left for you. And so, you know, um, it's a lot of things happening, you know, and, and those aren't the only things that necessarily stand out. You know, you have, you know, the disabled community, and they're having their movement as well. And what I will say about that is they are making some strides, some major strides. And so, you know, my hat is off to them. Um, last winter, <laughs> let me tell you what they did. They went down Michigan Avenue in Chicago, and they blocked the entire intersection. And so the cops were out there wheeling them away and helping them get across the street. But they they shut that down, and it was amazing. It was beautiful to see, you know. And I think this was during the Christmas rush. And so, you know, you had other protesters out there, you know, protesting. Hey, sorry about that. For some odd reason. It kind of knocked me off for a minute, so <laughs> interesting. But as I was talking about, you know, the protest they held downtown Chicago, and it's not just Chicago. You know, this is happening all around the country. And, you know, I used to post all of that type of stuff, and, and you know, I finally stopped posting. But, you know, people are like, yeah, we miss your post. Put them like, I know I've been saying that you know, for the past couple of months, and I was going to start again, but yeah, I probably will, you know, it's just that I don't have as much time to spare, well, as I used to, you know, um, making some changes, so anyway, it was a beautiful sight, and so what I, where I was going with that is, you know, one of the stigmas, you know, in that particular community is you'll, you know, hear people saying, well, there is nothing wrong with her. How is she disabled? Some disabilities you cannot see. You know, you have people walking around with chronic illnesses, terminal illnesses, but, you know, while they may, you know, still, you know, have function of their legs and arms and what have you, you know, they're still disabled. And so, you know, that's something that we need to discuss and critique and challenge across the board. And this is why you have people out here that, you know, that are basically, you know, killing themselves, you know, because people just haven't accepted the fact that, 
you know, whether they have a disability that anyone can or can't see, you know, sometimes pride gets in the way. And, you know, I've experienced that personally, whereas, you know, you're trying to do all of these wonderful things, things that you used to be able to do, and you're not able to do it anymore, you know, at least not with the type of longevity or the same exuberance or what have you as, you know, like you used to. And, you know, if you're someone like me, you know, I used to be, you know, a workaholic. And I loved my career field. You know, I was in STEM. And, you know, I've had some absolutely amazing opportunities come my way. I've worked with some amazing people, worked with some absolutely phenomenal companies. And, you know, been able to travel and, you know, network. And, you know, I still have a lot of friends, you know, that are still in, you know, STEM. But, you know, even with, you know, my illness kind of killed it, you know. Um, And so, again, you know, those are things, you know, that I just want to kind of bring to the forefront, just challenging you to think about these things. Go and look it up, do some research. But most importantly, you know, as an ally, you need to understand that certain questions, you know, can be harmful. You know, so when you walk up to a disabled person or they tell you that you're, you know, that they're disabled, you know, turning around and saying, but you don't look sick, that's not a compliment. And it's quite offensive. So, you know, we got to check ourselves. And, you know, also asking 20 questions about, you know, that illness. And then, oh, I love those, you know, backhand questions. You know, are you sick because of blah, blah, blah? Well, if you just told me you didn't know what it was, why would you assume that it's because of A, B, and C? Some of the most ignorant shit ever. And it comes out of the mouths of some of the most ignorant people I've ever met. And um, it's, 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 I'll, you know, it pisses me off. You know, it's like I'm not going to try to mince my words today. You know, um, I stopped doing that a long time ago, you know, but I skirted around a bunch of things, you know, since February. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Why? Well, if you've been a listener to this show, you know why. And so, (laughs) all right. So, you know, and again, even with the feminist movement, you know, there are some issues there as well. You know, you have racism, you know, and, you know, a number of other things. You know, even though I'm talking about these different communities and, you know, I'm just giving one or two examples, that doesn't mean all that other shit is not going on. You know, because, I mean, there's even homophobia within the LGBT community. You know, and you have a number of xenophobic people in the disabled community. And in the feminist community, it's not just, you know, racial issues. That seems to be the main crux, but it's, it's not the only thing. And so you have a lot of white feminists you know, that refuse to, you know, read any of the works of feminists of color, 
But yet, even with some of these same white feminists, they'll follow, you know, a lot of black feminists on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, what have you, on their blogs. And then they'll go and steal their talking points. And, you know, for the past several years, there have been some wars out there. You know, um, Twitter cyber wars, if you will. And, you know, a lot of accusations. And what's interesting is some of them will steal the talking points word for word. You know, and that's just not, you know, I mean, even with this show, you know, sometimes I'll look around and I'm like, really? Really? And especially when they don't even change any of the words around. And I'm sitting there, you know, reading the blog or reading the article. And I'm like, they just copied down word for word. You know, the whole article may not be word for word, but there are certain sections. And, you know, it makes me sit back and I'm like, really? So we're going to be talking about intellectual laziness as well. And um, and that's going to be later on down the line. But, you know, um, there's so much freaking that we can talk about. And, you know, I want to make sure I get our time in because we've got a little bit over an hour to cover some material. And so, again, I made the correction for some information that, you know, I I said, you know, and gave last week. Um, So for that, I do apologize, you know, because I know better. And, again, like I said, we had already gone round for round with that in January, February. But I guess that's what happens when you're discombobulated because last week when I rushed in, I was like, oh, my goodness. So, um, again, no show next Sunday. Understand? No show next Sunday. And there's a good chance there will be a show the Sunday after that, but I don't want to make any promises. But definitely next Sunday, you will not be hearing from me. So, you know, again, we're talking about different communities and how, you know, we all want, you know, it's okay. You know, we all want interaction with, you know, other human beings. We want to interact with like-minded people, you know, the human touch, you know, and everybody in their own way wants to be recognized and validated. I get it. But while that is happening and while you're finding these things, if you do not give up your agency, do not allow other people to think for you, Do not allow other people to make decisions for you. You are a human being, and you have a right to question things, and you have a right to critique it. And so what I'm saying is is that, guys, don't let them do it to you. If you left one community that was too controlling, and now you're in another one and you're seeing that it's being set up that same way, especially with that, don't you say nothing bad about my pastor. And instead of pastor, is some other title or somebody's name. You need to pay attention to that. I don't care what they said or what they did. You know, that's my pastor. Pay attention. Wake up. Wake up. You're jumping right into the fire. It's the same old shit. Pay attention. 
you know, and so it's interesting. So, you know, there's a lot going on, but, um, you know, there's a few things that I definitely wanted to talk about. You know, over the past several weeks, you know, during, well, a couple of months, I've been back since February. Took a two-month hiatus for those that um, are new and aren't familiar with me. And, again, my name is Kimberly Veal. And, you know, much much needed time off, you know, was able to get a lot of things in order, you know, which is why I'm in a position that I'm in now, you know, and making some, you know, major changes in my life. And it's been positive, definitely constructive. And I've met some wonderful people. And, you know, my mentor, she's A-OK, you know, it's because of her, you know, one major, major change is going to be, well, it's not going to be, it's happening in my life right now. So I'm just, you know, truly grateful because, you know, I had other plans. There were other things that I wanted to do and that I was transitioning to, you know, make certain moves and things and all of that. And that didn't, that's not happening. It didn't happen. It's not ever going to happen. But because I stayed still and met up with some, like I said, some absolutely beautiful people, man, I got some opportunities and it's wonderful. So this is why I say, you know, don't let anyone kill your dream. Don't let anyone, uh, you know, go out here and tell you how you should think, how you should feel, what you should do and what you should not do, you know. And so we're going to move forward, you know, and I want to talk about that you know, that black baby that was sent home with rope burns around her neck. But um, before we do that, you know, I want to talk about this guy in Chile, right? And this guy, he's an, he's an artist. And, man, his name is Papa's Fritas, right? And this guy, he destroyed over $500 million worth of student debt notes. $500 million worth of student debt notes. He destroyed them. And, guys, I mean, I don't have any student debt, but I will soon. So, hey, you know, we need someone like this. So those of you that are out there that are starving artists, you can find a way to destroy student debt. For American, you know, students, go for it. But, guys, I'm telling you, go back, you know, go and read that, you know. And he stated that he had taken the documents from a non, I mean, not a nonprofit, but a for-profit university. And then he set them, you know, on fire. And so he definitely was being defiant, you know, and... <laughs> he said it's over for those of you. Yes, Papa Fritas means French fries. Yes, that's what it means. But yeah, he said it's finished. You don't have to pay another peso of your student loan. We have to lose our fear, our fear of being thought of as criminals because we're poor. I am just like you, living a shitty life, and I live it day by day. 
And when he was done, he said, this is my act of love for you. Well, I don't know, but that's a whole bunch of love to me. You know, you know, just, yeah, destroy all of my debt. Just love me like that. So, you know, I just wanted to bring that up because um, with Occupy Wall Street, you know, and yeah, I know, you know, I'm tying everything in. But with Occupy Wall Street, what they've done is they've bought some, you know, old debt, you know, old hospital bills, old, you know, um, you know, debts that people had. You know, and they bought them from, you know, some of these what I call bottom feeders, you know, these people or these agencies that are collecting on debts that are definitely out of the statute of limitations. And Occupy Wall Street has been buying a lot of that debt and wiping away, you know, um, people's debt, you know, because, you know, when you have these loans being resold over and over and over you know, that sometimes that stuff stays on your credit report. And if you answer the phone and you positively identify, you know, it can start the clock over another seven years. And so, you know, what that gentleman did, you know, Papas Fritas, you know, that was brave. And so I just thought I'd share that with you because, you know, I thought you would find that interesting. But um, go on and look it up. You know, that's one of the things that – you know, we're looking at now in this country and why you have these mass movements moving forward because of the massive debt. And, you know, I've I've spoken about a number of things with a number of people, but, yeah, you know, again, this system, you know, is set up, and when I say this system, I'm talking specifically about capitalism, you know, and it's set up to keep you in debt is set up to keep you poor. And so, you know, this is one of the reasons why you hear us railing against capitalism, you know, systemic and institutionalized racism and a number of things. And it's important that you guys understand how this intersects with other issues and how it impacts your life. And so, um, you know, we're always talking about white supremacy, And, you know, you've heard me say, you know, I've talked about white supremacy and blackface. You have certain people, certain groups of people that, you know, that believe in white supremacy. They just want to see black faces up there. And you see them around interjecting themselves into almost every situation. And you need to pay attention to that. You really do. Because it's a lot more common than, you know, what some people realize. And they've learned how to be a little bit more nuanced, you know, with their responses. But it's there, you know, you should be able to see right through it. And it's just interesting because some of those same people that are out there that want white supremacy in black face, you know, those are some of the same ones out here you know, um, defending some of these white races, some of these white supremacists, you know, and and they're out there telling you, you know, you need to, you know, try to look at it from their perspective. And, you know, basically, you know, 
just defending them and defending their thoughts because in the back of their minds, one day they will be in that position and they will want people to understand where they're coming from. And, you know, you have some of them out there trying to white splain. You know, white people aren't the only ones that do the white splaining. And so you need to pay attention. You know, um, a lot of this, you know, falls into white fragility. And there's some people out here that, you know, believe that white people are so fragile that they can't take the critiques and the challenges. That's not true. That is not true. And the longer we allow them to, you know, claim innocence and ignorance, you know, this is why we have not made any major strides. You know, and the thing is, is that some people just don't want to get it. Some people get it, but, hey, they don't want to give up their privileges or their entitlements, which is why you see this White Lives Matter with Donald Trump. Yeah, guys, I know I've been talking about him a lot, but I can't get over this. I just I just can't get over it. And, you know, a lot of people don't see this for what it is. And then you also have these remnants out there that are wanting, you know, race riots. And they have that lynch mob mentality. You need to, like I said, pay attention to where you are, pay attention to what's happening around you. You know, sometimes silence speaks volumes. Pay attention to who's not talking, and especially if they're not talking about certain things. There is a reason. And so, child, I had to tell you guys about that, you know, Mr. French Fries there. Man, so, yeah, that was beautiful. And so, yeah, I guess I'll try to post that. Yeah, I know I've been trying to post stuff since February and haven't done it. Forgive me. But um, I definitely want to talk about this baby. And um, this was a 12-year-old little girl who went to camp. And she returned home with rope burns on her neck. And, you know, her name is, well, her mom's name is Sandy, Sandy Rugely. You know, it's either Rugely or Rogley, but it looks like Rugely to me. Well, you all know I get to killing some names and some words at times. You know, but, um, and it's interesting, sometimes, you know, I know the word, I'll pronounce it correctly, by the end of the podcast, it's some other word I made up. So anyway, she sent her daughter, um, you know, to camp. It was a camp out with some of her classmates. These are sixth graders. And it was only an overnight camp, you understand? And some kind of way, you know, they're claiming that a rope swing got caught around the young woman's neck the 12-year-old baby, and she said she got a, she looked behind, and it was like these three white boys, you know, that, you know, she believes that tied the rope around her neck on purpose because apparently they had been, you know, bullying her. And so, um, man, you know, you all go out, look at that. Look at the baby's neck. And it does look like somebody sewed her neck back onto her body. Look at that. 
you know, and I mean, I understand. I get tired of reading all the bad news, you know, that's out there. You know, I get tired of living in Chicago and hearing the gunshots. I get tired of watching the local news, and it's always some shit, you know, whether it's, you know, state violence or whether it's just violence in general. You get tired, and then you see shit like this. This is a 12-year-old little girl. You know, we should not be saying her name. What is it going to take for you all to finally get fed this shit? And these were three little white boys, sixth graders. They had to be 11, 12, 13 in that age range. Now, if they know how to do that shit and have that much animus in them at this age, can you imagine what they're going to be like when they're grown? You know, to me, they're practicing. And look at what this baby had to endure. And then she had to stay the rest of the camping trip. And and, and there were chaperones, parents' chaperones. And one of the parents' chaperones saw it and ran over there and treated the young woman because, you know, this parent chaperone was a doctor. How does shit like this happen? And what I don't understand is that you got some black people out here that are saying that we shouldn't post this type of information because it's negative. Again, that's that white splaining. We need to be out here in these streets protesting for shit like this too. That was a 12-year-old baby whose mama sent her out on an overnight camping trip with a school. And, you know, just looking at the information for the school, this school is freaking expensive. It's $7,000 a year. It's a private school. And she is just one of four black children that go to this private school. And I know her mama busts her ass to make sure that this little girl went to a school that could give her a great education. And she's dealing with this shit? There is nothing you can say or do to tell me that this is okay. There's nothing you can say or do and tell me that this was just children. These were children out here just playing, and it got out of hand, out of hand my ass. And then you all wonder why you got some people out here, and they're like, well, why are you so angry? And I used to say, you know, why would you want to call me angry? Why, you know, this could be righteous anger. You know, this could be passion. Fuck it. It's anger. And I have the right to be angry about shit like this. I have a right to be angry about any fucking thing I want to be angry about. Why? Fuck you. That's why. And so just look at this. Look at this. And, you know, um, you know, I'm hoping that her mom pulls her out of this school and sues the shit out of them. Go and look this up. And you know what? You know, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I'm hoping that these scars do not stay on her for the rest of her life. You know, in this school, you know what? I bet you they were playing Monday morning quarterback with the lawyers after this shit happened. You know, and, you know, apparently, you know, the young boys denied that they did that on purpose. But no, this is bullshit. And she's suing the school for $2.7 million. She also needs to, you know, I'm not sure how the lawsuit is set up, but she needs to, you know, um, sue the, you know, the parent chaperones that were there 
as well as the teachers. You know, go after them civilly, you know, and their, you know, um, personal wealth or what have you. Fuck that. Hell no. Look at this baby's neck. There is nothing any of you guys can say to, you know, to convince me that that was a fucking accident. And especially in the political climate that we're living in now. You know, if you thought, you know, seeing these damn people at these rallies and they were acting nuts, and now he's the presumptive nominee, they're going to start losing their fucking minds in certain respects. And, you know, I got a damn memo for your ass. You know, play with me if you fucking want to. You know, and guys, you know, I'm going to definitely post that on my wall. You know, and, you know, apparently the young lady had been being bullied, you know, you know, while she was in school, you know, being pushed, kicked, and made fun of, and all of that shit, you know, and they didn't even call her mom to tell her mom that that had happened. They just, you know, went back to the school, and her daughter came home, and that's when her mama saw those damn marks around her neck. What kind of shit is this? Weren't they supposed to call her mom in the event of an emergency? And, I mean, I know you sign off on those, you know, permission slips and shit, but damn. Really? And then the damn school dean called the day after the trip to check on how the little girl was doing. You know, asking, like, did you take her to the doctor and all of this shit. If you really cared about her, you would have taken her to the emergency room and had her mama come up there. The fuck is wrong with these people? You know, and this is not an isolated incident. You know, I see shit all the time, you know, and and I don't post them, and I shouldn't start posting that shit again. And for you black people and you white people who are fucking you know, uncomfortable, you know, when I post this shit, if this causes you some discomfort, please disabuse yourself and unfriend me. Because I'm not going to stop, stop posting this shit. Why? Well, you fucking know why. You know, and this is the type of shit that just gets me riled up all over again. Really? And the police came out and took photos of the girl's injuries, her her neck, but no one has been accused of breaking the law or hurting this baby. And I'm pretty sure those three white boys, I'm pretty sure they come from, you know, wealthy families, sued the shit out of those families. Because this is ridiculous. And if they get away with this now, they're going to feel empowered to do this to someone else. And what about the parents of the other three black children? You know, are are you afraid of what may happen to your child? What the hell? So, I mean, this is the type of shit, you know, this set me off this past weekend when I, you know, read this shit. And I'm like, really? Really? And then you got some black people running around here talking about, well, if you weren't doing whatever it was you were doing, if you were not a criminal, then, you know, you know, this, this type of state violence wouldn't happen to you. You know, and while this is not an example of state violence, 
You know, my thing is this is just violence on another level. And, you know, you got some black people and white people. You know, I meant to have white people to that about comments about state violence. But you got some black people and some white people that are going to try to explain this away. Oh, well, she got caught up in blah, blah, blah. So why didn't any of the other white kids get caught up? Why didn't anyone else get caught up? And so, you know, this shit going on. And, you know, and I hope this mama, I hope this mother does not send this baby back to that school. You know, because nobody did shit about it. Nobody did anything. And the mother didn't want to say that it was racism. She was trying to, you know, look at it from a number of different perspectives. But there is no other way to look at that particular situation. You know, and even the lawyer, you know, she has Levi McCather as her attorney. And he also, you know, represents the Dallas Cowboys. And he, you know, talked about the school and this tone-deaf approach. You know, and we're seeing a lot of that. And this is why I have no problem calling these communities out on their freaking racism. You know, and, you know, I've I've gone, I've just tried to look at this a number of different ways, you know, but it's getting worse and worse, you know, and they're over there playing ostrich. You were listening to the show in the earlier days. I would always talk about how you have communities and groups and people playing ostrich, you know, basically burying their head and acting like that never happened. So if they don't see it, they don't hear it, they don't know about it, then they have some plausible deniability. And I call bullshit. And what I find interesting is some of these same people that were playing ostrich Now they want to come out and talk about, you know, things like this. We know better than that. You don't give a shit about this little girl. You don't give a shit about these people, you know, black, brown, red, yellow, that are being killed out in the middle of the street like they're fucking animals. You know, in, in the poor white community, they're dealing with a lot of bullshit, too. But they still have the privilege of having white skin, which is why it's hard to explain white privilege to poor white folks. And so, child, um, man, and oh, the school turned around and accused the attorneys of exploiting the 100th anniversary of the lynching of Jesse Washington and Waco. I'm sorry, Waco. And so, <laughs> You know, um, and they're saying that the lawyers are just trying to make some money, you know. And so it gives a little history on Jesse Washington in Waco. And it's been a whole bunch of shit happening in Waco, Texas, in Jasper, Texas. And, you know, say her name, Sandra Bland. You know, that young woman whose life was taken away. And uh, we were saying her name all last summer, you know, and we still say her name now. So, you know, guys, mm -mm, don't let these people, you know, play Jedi mind tricks on you. Because what's so interesting is that you have a number of white people out here who are trying to define racism. 
you know, like they know what racism is and they can best, you know, define it for the rest of us. Y'all better, you know, pull that goddamn post-it memo pad out and give it to them. And, you know, because, man, I'm telling you, this is only going to get, you know, I think it's going to get worse. You know, but the difference between then and now is that we have the Internet. So we're able to share these stories and share these articles and share our stories with each other, you know, via social media. And, you know, so it's it's not that it's gotten worse. It's just being more exposed. However, you know, hypothetically, you know, after they coronate Donald Trump, as the GOP nominee, and hypothetically, if that ass wins, excuse me, guys, we're in for a world of hurt. I just need you to understand that. Excuse me. Like I said, we're in for a world of hurt. Sorry about that dead space there. I had to um, clear my throat. But... Mm-mm. No, I'm going to continue posting this stuff and making sure you all see what the hell is happening. And like I said, you know, me posting this type of information, if it causes you discomfort, please disabuse yourself and unfriend me. Hell, block me. I don't give a shit. So, again, you know, my thoughts go out to that young, young 12 year old woman and her mom and the agony that they must be feeling over there. You know, I mean, any of you that out there that are parents, you don't even have to be a parent. You know, I'm not a parent. I got nieces and nephews. I got other people's children that I have adopted. If she had come home to me like that, let's just say, you know, it wouldn't have ended well. And so it would not have ended well at all. And, you know, it still will be making this round. So her mom is doing the right thing by seeking remuneration for this particular incident. But I want to see how many people are out here trying to white-splain shit away. Oh, she just got caught up in the ropes. But even after we treated her, she was all happy and smiling and had a good time the rest of the time. Yeah, I paused for, on, on purpose that time because you got some of the same people out here, white and black, that want us to, you know, shuck and jive, you know, freaking frat, genuflect and kiss people's asses and say that, yeah, while you were pissing on me and shitting on me, that's okay. You know, I like it anyway. You got people out here that want you to behave that way that want you to, 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 to allow people to, you know, to hurt you, to harm you, and you do nothing to fight back. There are too many people out here that are like that. And when you fight back, they get angry. When you get angry about the mistreatment, they get angry because you're angry. 
a lot of that going around. And, you know, again, you have these different communities that are out here, and there are a lot of things that are being done. It's starting to come out, and then you have these people that are saying, well, you shouldn't talk about that. You shouldn't expose that. It's going to make us look bad. Fuck you. And fuck how you look. What about the person who's being victimized? What about them? When you so-called love and give a damn about that person. So you love and give a damn about them so much that you want to tell them not to talk about what happened and not to take what happened to them seriously? Really? That's that damn cult shit right there. And you all need to recognize this shit. In a number of different communities, you got motherfuckers out here that are saying, don't say anything about that because it's negative. No, fuck you. I'm going to tell every goddamn body. And so, you know, that thing about that baby, no, that's unacceptable. That is un-freaking-acceptable, you know. And um, I don't know how these people are justifying it. I don't understand how they're justifying this. And so you have a lot of history repeating itself. You know, you have some people, and I'm not sure if you all saw what happened in Nevada with the Bernie Sanders people, you know, um, you know, it was not as bad as some people in the media made it out to be. However, I will say that no one has the right to threaten the life of anybody. And also, yeah, Bernie Sanders needs to do a better job of telling his people to kind of, you know, pull back a little bit. They don't have to lose their passion for him and his ideas and, you know, um, that kindred thread that they share. But when it gets to the point that you're calling people and you're threatening their lives, you know, that's a problem. You know, and so you had people that were there that were saying that, you know, there were cheers, you know, being thrown. And then you have these other people that are, you know, denying that even happened. And so I wasn't there. And so, you know, if this is the case, you got some people comparing, you know, this Democratic National Convention with 1968. And they're expecting that type of, you know, um, interaction, if you will. And what I will say is for some of you, you need to pay attention because, you know, it may not have been Bernie Sanders' people. It could have been some people sent in to cause problems. And then it could have been Bernie Sanders' people. I don't know. But what I will say is that... You know, you do have outside people that like to create problems and like to create issues, and they're sent in specifically for that, you know, because that's what was happening down in Ferguson. And that's the reason why, you know, you had some of the residents in that area, they were, you know, protecting the businesses 
because you had some troublemakers coming from other places creating an even more dangerous, um, you know, environment. So, again, look around, pay attention, keep telling you guys history repeats itself. And, you know, I've talked about some of these white people running in circles um, in regards to, you know, what's happening with the Republican, the GOP. And, you know, they're still, you know, upset. They don't know how to deal with Donald Trump because he doesn't need their money. He doesn't need their approval. And as he likes to say, he's his own man. And so, you know, that makes him much more of a threat. And so just keep watching this. This is interesting. You know, when they have the RNC, you know, convention and it's televised, it's going to be quite interesting. You know, I'm actually looking forward to it. Usually it bores me to tears. But we'll see what happens this year. And we'll see what happens, but, you know, I find it interesting on how they call themselves rallying around, you know, Donald Trump while still trying to search out for someone to run as a third-party candidate. And there are a whole bunch of conspiracies around that, a whole bunch of conspiracies around Hillary saying that she's going to be arrested and they're going to end up calling her campaign off. And, you know, it's just bullshit, you know, all the way around. And, you know, I know how it feels when you want your person to win or whatever, but, you know, a lot of these conspiracies, you know, is, is not helping the situation, especially when you're dealing with, you know, a country that seems to already be paranoid about way too many things. And so, like I said, educate yourself. And it's a lot of stuff going on and happening. You know, I know there are some things that I just haven't even touched, you know. And, you know, I won't say there's a reason for it. Sometimes, you know, I just can't bring myself to talk about some of the stuff that's happening. You know, because you got to remember, you know, while we're doing these podcasts and we're reading these things, you know, sometimes they get, you know, internalized. Because, you know, when I look at that baby, that 12-year-old little girl, you know, I see my great nieces. You know, when I see Tamir Rice, I see my great nephews. And I actually got some nieces and nephews that age. But some of the older ones have children that age, too. And so, you know, and, you know, like I said, I have friends that have children, and their kids are around that same age, too. And, I mean, I would be besides myself. I wouldn't know what to say or what to do. Yeah, I'd be angry. And what's so interesting is for those of you that, you know, especially black people, and particularly black women, that like to, you know, use all that old bullshit, you know, those old narratives and old tropes about, you know, other black women being angry. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and keep calling me angry. I'm okay with that. My question is, when are you going to get angry about some shit? 
but apparently all of this is okay to you. You know, can't make rhyme or reason for a lot of this shit. And the fact that you're not angry speaks volumes. You don't give a shit. And I find it interesting that you, that some of you are out here trying to act as though you do. You don't. The only time it's going to matter to you is if it's one of your sons or one of your daughters. So um, I'm kind of done with that, but not really. I'm just tired of talking about it. And so, and for now, that doesn't mean it's not going to come back up. And so there was this article that came out earlier this week, and it was written by Tracy Powell. And I haven't posted it yet. Yeah, I know. But the title of the article is Why I'm Boycotting All Diversity Panels That Really Aren't Diverse. I'll repeat. Why I'm Boycotting All Diversity Panels That Really Aren't Diverse. And the writer, her name is Tracy Powell. And so, you know, when someone brought that to my attention, I just smiled and I laughed because those of you who've been listening to this show from day one, you've heard me say, I don't really want to go and talk to these people, you know, in particularly, in particular, the secular community. I have no interest in it. And, you know, you have some people like, why, you know, you're part of the problem. You don't want to come out here and do the work and blah, 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 you know. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, running around, flying around, driving around to all these conferences and conventions to talk to a bunch of white people who don't give a shit, some of them will smile and nod, you know, and there's a few of them that actually do care. But, I mean, you call that work. How is that work? And especially, you know, if you get the right person asking questions, you don't know how to answer the damn question. And so, you know, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do that. You know, I have no problem you know, speaking to other groups, you know, which I do here and there, you know, and I mean, even that's limited because again, you know, um, you know, I'm disabled. I have the lupus, you know, going out in the sun for prolonged periods of time. Let's just say that's not real pleasant for me. And, you know, the fatigue, you know, can't do the traveling like I used to. And, I mean, even sometimes, you know, my hands don't work, you know, so trying to type or hold a pen can be a problem. And so when I have to do things, you know, I usually end up um, taking, you know, some medicine to kind of help me get through some things. But it can't help me if I pass out in the heat. But um, it's, it's just I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, we've talked about a number of things on the show about how you have, you know, these different communities, you know, trying to bandwagon on Black Lives Matter, trying to bandwagon on, quote, unquote, diversity, 
you know, trying to bandwagon on social justice in its many different forms, while at the same time not doing any type of real outreach, you know, and you go to some of these programs, you know, or conferences, or you'll see it even on YouTube. You can see a lot of that on YouTube. And they'll have a diversity panel, and it's nothing but white people up there. Or they'll have a diversity panel, and they'll have one or two of their tokens up there. Who's going to say things that make them feel comfortable, that make them feel as though, well, you know, that's not my problem. We didn't create it. Someone else created it. You know, but we'll say that it's not fair, you know, but that's about as far as it go, it's going to go. And for those of you that have been spinning your wheels in certain communities, five, six, seven years, and nothing has been done, I've stated this on the show before, and I'll state it again. They have all of these wonderful diversity panels, and they have all of these heated, you know, um, conversations and arguments, but there is no action behind it. That's done on purpose. They really don't give a shit. You know, and this is why you have more and more people boycotting, being a part of this, you know, smoke and mirrors. To be honest with you, I'm just going to call it for what it is. When you have these white people who feel as though they have to talk about this to appear to be non-racist, you know, and of course they throw one, two, maybe three of their tokens up there, that's collusion because nothing has happened. They have done nothing to, to, to work and deal with these particular issues. Everybody wants to talk about social justice and Black Lives Matter now. And the only reason why many of them, you know, outside of this, you know, certain communities, the only reason why many of them are doing this is because they think there's some money in it. They think they can get some grants. You know, they think this will attract more members, therefore membership fees, and all of these things. So you need to be able to see it for, you know, what it is and understand why you have some people like myself and many, many others that are looking at them and we're like, don't call me for that shit. You don't give a damn. You know, and you know what? I forgot to check up on this. I'm still looking for receipts from last year. You know, so <laughs> it's interesting, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, it is. And the young lady said it's like a sideshow. It is. It is. You know, and even if it's not, you know, um, a diversity panel, you'll have them, you know, put one or two people up there to talk, and they're really not paying any attention. And, you know, some of the ones that are, I commend them, because I've met some, you know, white people that absolutely get it. They get it. They understand. And they check. They chastise. They critique. They challenge other white people. When, you know, when, you know, they put forth, you know, um, a lot of the old negative racist, you know, rhetoric. And, you know, there is a certain way you can be an ally. And I've talked about this before. And 
again, like I said, you know, you all have heard me talking about three-ring circuses. You know, you got your side shows here and just all of this. You know, there are people out here that want to appear to be inclusive, when in all actuality, they don't give a damn. You know, and I know there are people, you know, out there that are trying to push things forward, and it's just, man, you know, I gave up a long time ago, but I also refuse to be somebody's token, and I also refuse to try to explain away how, you know, these people are only interested in affluent white people who can make, you know, huge donations and certain ones that will draw a huge crowd. And, you know, what's interesting is, again, you know, when you look at some of the memberships of these different communities, you know, there is a lot of xenophobia, and I'm using that word specifically because it pretty much covers the gamut. You know, um, when, you know, people look at me when I say that there's transphobia in the LGBTQ community, they look at me kind of weird when I say that. And even when I talk about the racism within the LGBT community and the sexism within the LGBTQ community, you know, the same thing happens in the secular community. And you have some people out here trying to run around playing Jedi mind tricks and try to, you know, convince you that once they left religion, they were no longer racist, sexist, and all of that. And you've heard us railing against that on this show. And like I said, some of them act like they've been, you know, dipped in the blood of the four horsemen. You know, and so they've, you know, they've been saved, you know, and that they're no longer those things. And they continue to try to perpetuate, you know, that old trope that all bigotry, all xenophobia is tied to religion. And that's just not true. While, you know, you go back and you read the history on the church, and there is a lot of racism, you know, in the church. A lot of, a lot of those things stemmed from there. And, you know, and I've posted articles talking about, you know, how Southern Baptists have played, you know, a major role in a lot of the xenophobia in this country and why it's continuing to be perpetuated, you know. But it's not just relegated to the religious community. It's the secular community as well. And all these other communities that fall under those umbrellas, you know, and so, you know, I'm just, I don't even know what to say, you know, and especially with, you know, some of the feminist communities, some of the racism is outrageous. I remember a couple of years ago, there was an uproar because they wanted to have some type of retreat on an old plantation. And so, you know, that was canceled. But, you know, who told them that it was a good idea to have a retreat, you know, on a plantation, especially when you were inviting, you know, people of color to participate? And so you have all of this going on out here. And it's nice to see that, you know, you have other people out here that are like, hell no. 
you know, you got Stacey Patton when she says that she will not be their intellectual mammy. You know, and the thing is, is that, you know, one of the reasons why you see many of us out here getting extremely frustrated is because, you know, we had to do the work. We had to research. We had to learn. We had to educate ourselves on these things. And many of us have experienced them in one fashion or another. And then you have some white people that just want you to come in and educate them and teach them everything. And they'll take notes, and then you see them a month later, and they're still doing the same old bullshit that's extremely offensive. And, you know, again, you have these echo chambers out here, and, you know, it's like this. If you really want to be anti-racist, anti-sexist, so on and so forth, you're going to have to go out here and do some research and work for yourself. If you really want to learn, you really want to know. And, you know, for those out there who feel as though, you know, it's a part of your mission to go out and educate these communities, I understand. Go ahead. But if they haven't changed in the last five, six years, you know, I think it's safe to say that they don't want to change. And in some cases, they're including you just so that they won't be called racist. So, excuse me, so you need to think about that too. You know, what are their motives? What are they getting out of this? And so I just don't want you to be out there and be foolish. And, you know, in some cases, you know, some changes have taken place, positive, constructive changes. In other places, not so much. It's just lip service. And, yeah, you know, like I said, you know, this is for, you know, a lot of, in a lot of cases, you know, these conferences are for rich white folks so that they can get money from other rich white people. And so they can continue on with their good old boy network. And if you notice, it's the same people time and time again. You know, and then I also find it interesting for some of the white people that actually get it, you know, on how some of them try to, you know, set themselves up to be the great white hope that's going to save, you know, communities of color. You know, and what's interesting is with some of these same people, you know, whether they recognize it or not, you know, sometimes when they're talking about communities of color, you know, it's extremely patronizing. And in some cases, when I've listened to them, you know, I get the impression, and it may not be anything that's, you know, conscious. They may not be consciously saying this or making people feel this way, but, you know, it seems like you're you're viewing us as subhuman. And while, you know, many of these communities, you know, do not have anybody advocating for them, you know, which is something that, you know, I'm strongly, you know, behind, you know, us getting advocacy groups, starting political action committees, and a number of different things. And there are some out there. And, you know, supporting them, you know, supporting when they write policy. And, you know, there are different groups out there that are doing these things, and I commend them. 
And, you know, maybe I'll post some information about where you can find some of these people and how you can donate, whether it's, you know, financial donations or some of your time and expertise. But they're out there. But, again, you haven't seen any major, you know, changes, you know, the last decade with some of these groups. You're never going to see it. They never intended to do it. And I refuse to be trotted out there. You know, to um, satisfy some damn, you know, status quo. You know, to satisfy, you know, their quota. You won't use me like that. And that's never going to happen. So, again, um, ah, you have some people out here that are calling out, you know, the racism, the sexism, just xenophobia. You know, it covers the gamut. And I'm glad to see more people are speaking up, you know. And, you know, one of the interesting things I see with some of these, you know, different organizations that, you know, want to have these diversity panels. But, you know, one of their main questions is how do we attract more people of color to our organizations? And so if that is their main focus, attracting more members and membership dollars, and they've done really absolutely nothing to reach out to these communities. I mean, what, does an anvil have to drop on your head to get it? You know, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Freaking believe them. You know, and take those damn rose-colored glasses off. You know, and what's so interesting in a couple of these communities you know, you have some white people that fetishize, you know, people of color. So there's a lot of that going on, too. And so, ah, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, when you go to some of these, you know, events and you see some of these panels, you know, again, look on YouTube. You'll have a white person, you know, heading, you know, the diversity panel. Are there not enough black people out here? You know, not enough Latino people or Asian people or indigenous people? So, you know, this is just crazy. It really is. And, you know, some of them act like they don't understand it. It's not that you don't understand it. It's that you don't want to understand it. There is a difference. And so yet again... Sorry you didn't get the memo, and, you know, there are some of us out here, you know, that are just tired, tired of explaining the same things over and over, tired of having people feel that, you know, entitled, that we come and explain all of these things to them when they've done pretty much no research or reading, or, you know, um, any type of social work on their end. Go out and talk to some damn body, you know? And go, yeah, go out and talk to somebody. Talk to some people. You know, do you have any black friends? I mean, real black friends that you've invited over for dinner, that you've introduced to your family. And... You know, but then I can't even say that because, 
you got so many fetching steps running around here, you know, that they'll tell you what you're saying is true. And, you know, again, you have people out here that are putting the ownership of a lot of these problems on the communities that are marginalized. And um, it's just sad. It's sad. And a lot of these people, they have not educated themselves. And that's one thing I can say, you know, over the past five years that, you know, I've been doing this show, I've had no choice but to educate myself on a lot of things. And I've seen a lot of personal growth, a lot of personal growth. You know, however, there are other people I've seen no growth in. And so, you know, it's just real interesting. You know, if you go out and do a Google search on diversity bullshit, you will see a whole bunch of different things. It's like, you know, it's not only black people getting tired of, you know, hearing white people talk about diversity and take no action. You know, white people are tired of hearing that shit too. You know, and no no actions are, you know, going forth. You know, and while diversity is a great thing, you know, especially if it's organic, but for some of these people out here, you know, you're trying to force, you know, trying to force square into a circle, and it's never going to happen. But again, you know, many of them are out here, and, you know, they're they're claiming that this is what they want, and it's all rhetoric, absolutely no action behind it. And so this is why you have many of us that are refusing to come out and talk about this anymore. And so, yeah, go out there and, you know, some of you are going to be shocked at what you see. And some of you, not so much. You know, looking up the buzzwords of diversity and inclusion. You know, inclusion is not just inviting me to your shit. Inclusion is also having different people and different topics that would interest me. And, you know, it's it's just really interesting because you have a lot of these conferences and conventions, and it's the same topic, same talking points over and over again. I mean, are you not reading about what's happening? You know, but in addition to that, you know, it's a lot of talk, not seeing a lot of action. You know, and action is not going to talk to people about what the problem is. They know what the damn problem is. Trust me, they know what it is. Problem is, many of them don't give a shit, but they feel some type of obligation to say something, you know, but then again, like I said, you have these fetch and step people out here, and their interests aren't in things that will encourage people to grow, that would encourage, you know, some action, you know, actually taking these theories and putting them into action. All they want to do is talk and talk and talk. 
And, you know, and sometimes I understand it. You know, you have all these great ideas. You want to go out and do these things. But then, you know, you have a lot of people that don't want to go out and do these things. They'll give you money before they come out the house to help somebody. So you got that problem, too. And so it was interesting because, you know, when I had a group, you know, we had a number of people, yeah, yeah, that shouldn't be happening. We got to do something. Okay, well, let's go volunteer some time over here. Oh, well, I ain't got time for that, but here's some money. But yet you're trying to screw every other person you meet on the street. You make time for that. But you can't make time to go out and take bags of groceries to homeless people, hand out bags of toiletry to homeless people, you know, and then want to be the first one on the panel talking about what's wrong in a black community. You're what's wrong. And so (laughs) it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, yeah, go out there. And look this up. It was written by Tracy Powell, you know, P-O-W-E-L-L, not P-A-L, P-A-L. Good Lord. All right, you guys, I think that's the signal that I should be shutting this down. Anyway, the name of the article is Why I'm Boycotting All Diversity Panels That Really Aren't Diverse. And so, you know, don't let anybody use you to make you their token. You know, you may think that you're getting something out of it. But in all actuality, you aren't. And, you know, unfortunately, some people are going to have to learn it the hard way. You know, and I'm not saying diversity isn't a good thing. Diversity and inclusion, they're absolutely necessary. But only if you're working with people that really are about it, about it, that actually really want to do something. Excuse me, because otherwise it's just a bunch of bullshit, you know, and for some of you, you got the damn memo. You just pushed it to the back. But some of you all didn't get the memo. Wake up, pay attention, speak your truth. Do not allow people to take your agency away from you. And do not readily hand it over. And so, again, I can't wait until this damn election is over. You know, I'm looking forward to the first Wednesday in November, unless we have that same bullshit from years ago with the hanging chads and, you know, all of these, you know, mail-in ballots. All I, I just want this to be over with because either way it goes, we're still screwed. So it's about how we deal with the situation. And that's the most important part, how we deal with this situation, how we continue to rail against systemic and institutional racism, you know, which our government is a major player in it. Guys, keep the fight up, continue, move forward, and, again, don't allow anyone to kill your dreams. No show next Sunday, you guys. I will not be doing it, but the Sunday after that, I hope to be back. Take care. Have a good Sunday, everybody. I appreciate you. Keep listening. We have over 300 shows in the archives. Bye-bye.